we will be on that first page for any keyword they search for. We will be on LinkedIn, we will be on Google, we will be on Facebook. We will be top of mind, which is also why we are building that brand media department. I think like, yeah, publishing velocity, internal links, and also being an expert on a couple of things. All right, team, big episode today. We have Amir of Hockey Stack, and we break down what they are doing, like all the stuff they're doing in three areas. So they've gone to 1 million impressions and 10K clicks per month on SEO. So we dig into that. We dig into how they're generating 60% of revenue from LinkedIn. And then we also try to understand more about how they're building this separate media and CEO and what that actually means. So let's jump into that conversation now. Amir, welcome to the show. Hey, Tom. Thanks for having me on. How's your day? It's like one of the busiest weeks of my life, but it's going good. Really? Why is it so busy? It's like Q4, we are hiring, scaling, and then I'm also moving to San Francisco with my co-founders like next week. Shit. So, yeah. Like permanently? Yeah, permanently. Nice. Why are you doing that? I like the city and then I like the community there. And we also want to do like hybrid, not fully remote. So I want to hire first two or three marketers there and then work with them like two to three days in office and then three days remotely. Makes total sense. All right, man. So, well, maybe we're going to talk about some of that growth on this show, three areas specifically, first of which is SEO. And I've got some nice stats here, a million impressions, 10K clicks per month in six months. Then we're going to talk about how we're currently, or Hockey Stack is currently generating 60% of revenue from LinkedIn. And then we're going to talk about your campaign or efforts to build a media brand. Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds awesome. Which one do you want to start with? I don't know. SEO? Okay, let's start with SEO. So my understanding of the SEO game, it takes a while to get up to the point at which you have a million impressions and 10K clicks a month. So question number one is, how long did you, from when you started publishing content on the site to getting to this point? Yeah, it was like five to six months. So I don't think that it necessarily should take, I don't know, a year to get results. I think it's like most of the people, most companies try to target high volume keywords, but with like they're pretty difficult to rank for. What we did was we only tried to rank for the keywords, like their bottom funnel keywords or alternatives versus reviews, such a first. And then I had a list of all the competitors, all the possible versus articles that we can come up with. And then we wrote them all. And then we were like at 1K in like one and a half months, maybe. Just by writing out versus comparison pages and competitors. Nice. Yeah, some of them were not really direct competitors of ours. For example, Databox. It's not a direct competitor for it, but we still wrote it because it makes sense for people to know about us if they're considering a tool like Databox, even if it's not a direct competitor. So we were at like 1 to like 1.5K just over a month. And then we were, we published like 50 pages that month, maybe 55. I don't know the exact number. After that, we like started writing about the kind of mid-funnel keywords. But just to clarify, just to clarify, sorry, those 50 pages were all comparison pages. Comparison pages, reviews versus, sometimes it was just about like review pricing, G2, like Databox G2, which was like about, I don't know, thousand words about their G2s, reviews. Sometimes it was versus articles. I We tried everything. But then one thing that worked well was we had so many different alternatives and versus pages. And then I had 
a tool called Lead Feeder. I don't know if you know it. It's like identifies website visitors on the website, identifies companies that are visiting your website. I installed Lead Feeder on our website onto all those blog posts. And then I knew which companies were looking at data bugs. I knew which companies were looking at dream data. So I had all the intent data that I didn't pay much for. If you compare with G2, Copter, etc. So I could customize our outbound sequences based on that data. And then I could also create some, I don't know, I didn't like approach them directly with a sales email. I sometimes did, it didn't work well, but I networked with them. I asked for a virtual coffee and then during that call, they asked me what we do. And then when I told them, oh, they were like, oh, we are looking for an attribution tool as well. It's like another friend and maybe possible like new business. So that was the best thing that we got out of it. And also on our search console right now, I know how many people per month are considering keep Google Analytics, Databugs, Dream Data, Infinite Grove, all our competitors. I know exactly the trends. So for example, sometimes people compare Heap versus Google Analytics more. Sometimes they go with like Amplitude and I can spot that those trends better than anyone else because we are ranking for all of them. And today I posted about something that's like a new keyword that I have been seeing for the last two months, which is like dimensionation attribution. So right now everyone knows about Dimension. And now before that it was like, oh, you cannot attribute revenue to Dimension activities, but now people are investing in it. And now they are trying to understand what's the pipeline influence of it. So I can I saw that trend two months ago and take took action on that, both on the product side, vision side, and brand. I mean, very cool. I love personally how different like a marketing programs can interact. And here we have a lovely interaction between SEO and outbound. So I just Googled hockey stack data box. Obviously, you guys are the first result. The first thing that struck me is that we have the Google review rating, which I assume is your rating on G2. Maybe it seems, yeah, G2, cool, which is just great. That's probably helping with CTR. And the page itself is wonderful. Thank you. Like very fast loading, like great design. Got the little Calendly embed for people to book in a demo on there as well. That's awesome. Okay, cool. So that's how we started. We got to 1K clicks within a month just by doing that. Sweet. What came next? Mm-hmm. And then we went with like mid-funnel to bottom funnel, like those keywords that are in between them, which are like our main use cases, product use cases. And then we started writing them. To this point on, we have never written an article like top funnel, like what is SaaS, what is Dimension, what is this, what's that. We might have written a couple of them just to test, but we didn't get good results out of it. So we went with those articles and I used a tool called Cluster AI, which is from Nick Jordan, content distribution, one of my friends. We went with that tool. What it does is you upload a CSV out of like HFs or out of a CMRush, Google Search Console, et cetera. Like you upload thousands of keywords there and it brings you topics to write about. So if you want to rank for 20 different keywords, you can just write one article and rank for those 20 keywords. With a small team, that was really helpful. And then we just started writing them. And the most important part was we created, I created so many different briefs and outlines and templates, just like I could hire any writer on the earth. And then they would know how to write that article in a way that is like good for us, good for SEO, good for hockey stack and good for our brand talks about the pain points that our customers have. So those outlines and templates saved me a ton of time. What's an example of a topic for one of those posts? Uh-huh. For example, SaaS content marketing analytics. 
or B2B marketing analytics, SaaS marketing analytics, SaaS funnel analysis, stuff like that. So the main keywords that main topics that um, our customers would want to know about. Yeah, so obviously just Googled that, you guys. And number two, someone has the feature snippet. <laughs> I won't say who they are. But let's have a quick look then. Do you think, do you like put any weight into link building? Because it seems like you just kicked off with the bottom of the funnel or like, no? No, we didn't build any links. Like I occasionally got backlink requests and then I replied to some of them. I didn't like put that much time into it. I was in a couple of Slack communities and it'd be hard ahead of content who was in that in one Slack community in particular. If we get a request, we would exchange backlinks. But we didn't invest any money into it. I didn't buy any backlinks. But what we did was, and we also have an SEO playbook as well. I don't know if you have seen it. On that, I had one part about backlinks. We did statistic and like statistic articles, and then we ranked for them. For example, average lifetime value by industry. We got different sources in it, and then we also used our own data, I think, in it. And then we gave credit to all the sources, of course. And then we ranked for it like three weeks. And then every time someone was mentioning average lifetime in their articles or average lifetime. SaaS, average lifetime I don't know, e-commerce, they would give us a backlink. And that's like, if you don't have one backlink costs like 300 bucks right now, 200 bucks, 250. Even if it's like 50, 60 DR for website, it costs like $200. So I don't think that's necessary. This kind of tactics. And also if you have like good network, you can work with them on a like, I don't know, collab of a content and then they would be happy to give a backlink. So no, we didn't build any backlinks. And for that, I think more than backlinks, what matters is content velocity and also like being an expert on a topic. So all the topics that we wrote about was strictly about marketing. At first, it was only about SaaS marketing, SaaS marketing analytics, SaaS analytics, SaaS business analytics. It's like only those topics. And right now we are more like positioning into B2B marketing analytics, so B2B revenue attribution, such as so we are also writing about general B2B stuff as well, but it's only strictly about marketing analytics, revenue attribution for B2B and SaaS. Makes sense. The, I mean, so I have one of the articles, the SaaS marketing analytics article, lovely, nice and long. You have the lovely like scroll bar on the side. You can click into things to get to a shortcut throughout the article. Did you have to find writers that had experience writing about SaaS marketing analytics, or did you have that intelligence in-house and you somehow gave that to the writer and they wrote it out? Yeah, we had that intelligence inside. And also we had like very different templates, outlines, and also a training session once we onboarded them. And also an editor in-house that edited articles who was very knowledgeable about the topics. Got it. So you generated the information in-house, but then you trained the writer and the writer was essentially able to write this. And then obviously the editor would tweak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. And so we just banged out a load of high content velocity, as you said, middle of the funnel articles. Is there anything else we need to know to get to a million impressions and 10K clicks a month? Mm -hmm. So it's like publish fast, build internal links between them. And if you have backlink requests, you can exchange backlinks. But like publish fast, build internal links. So try to focus on a couple of things to be an expert in. And also once so many people say when I witness them, like SEO doesn't work for us, stuff like that. I think the biggest thing that is lacking there is they don't have the right goal. So if I were to attribute Javani directly, like for example, like last touch to or first touch of blog post, 
I would say SEO is, doesn't work for us as well. But I changed that goal in the middle of our journey because I thought like, no, SEO doesn't work. We should focus on something else. And then when I saw that most of our revenue comes from our live demo on the website, it's like the last touch. And I should be focusing more on blog to live demo funnel. So visiting the website, blog, and then live demo. And then from that point on, we have that email from them because it's like a gated content, gated live demo. And then from that point on, it's like we have it at least 60% chance of booking that demo with them because they already checked out the product itself. So I focus more on live demo and then I also install like PageSense to like record the sessions. So I was able to see on this particular like keywords, like keywords, Google Analytics, X alternative, such a where people click on and then where can I put that CTA to bring them to the live demo and then optimize that process. For example, at first, I think it was like, 4% and I was able to get that to at least 15% from those bottom funnel keywords. 15% of people was visiting live demo. And then from that point on, it's only like a matter of time to book that demo because we retarget them and they search for something else on Google. We, they again see us because we, we are ranking for all those keywords there. They cannot run away from us. Like we will be on that first page for any keyword they search for. We will be on LinkedIn, we will be on Google, we will be on Facebook. So we will be top of mind, which is also why we are building that brand media department. So I think like, yeah, publishing velocity, internal links, and also being an expert on a couple of things. Makes total sense. Just to clarify then, so the live demo is separate to somebody booking the call in your Calendly that I see on the bottom of the funnel landing page, right? So that, I assume the call with you comes after the live demo normally. Yeah. So it's like you give your email address and then you can play with the product. It's like a demo version of the product with like dummy data, fake data, and then you can play with the product as long as you want. And it's like 100% of our prospects see it, give their emails before contacting sales. Yeah, that makes sense. I can see it right here. That's pretty cool. That's like super interesting way of allowing people early in the buying process to actually see what they might be buying. So that is, I would recommend anybody to go to hockeystack.com, find the live demo button and check it out. Okay, awesome. Thank you for the SEO insights. Let's move on now to LinkedIn. And I guess my first question is, so 60% of revenue, I guess, is being tracked back to LinkedIn. Do you have any insight, and this might be tricky, on how much of that is coming through paid efforts versus organic efforts? Yeah, so it's tricky, as you mentioned, but we are like, the product is an attribution product, architect's an attribution product. For, so we have a feature that's like timeline all the accounts. So what I see is, even if they like, even if the last touch or first touch or any other touch point before the demo is paid, before that, I always see click on a link that is like a social post from us. So it's like, again, what our process is, we have lists on LinkedIn that we upload. And from those lists, we, we get that data to Hockey Stack to see which companies are engaging and viewing our ads. So we use those lists to like target people on LinkedIn. And whenever impressions reach to a certain point, engagement levels reach a certain point, we connect with them and then they start seeing our social posts. And then from that point on, I have a list of all the accounts that we connect with that are high level engagement on LinkedIn. And they start seeing our ads plus our social posts and they start to trust us. And then from that process is like, I don't know, probably a month or two months to like check out what Hockey Stack does and then check out our live demo, etc. So I think that's a mix of both, but we also get lots of last touch attribution to like ads. So it's the only touch point that we can see is a LinkedIn ad 
but there's one nuance there which is like when they click on that ad they don't really like contact sales at that point what i see is we have a newsletter and we have a like media department called the flow which we started like one and a half months ago what i see is they first check that out they subscribe to the newsletter they read it and that for example like in two days they contact sales i don't know why that happens but probably it's like a trust layer on top of our linkedin presence that's like we have a different blog post i have my podcast on it I have my co-founder's Substack account. We have blog posts on it that are like we publish on blog posts, and then we have expert articles as well there. So people will probably think that oh, these many people, these are like experts, like CMOs, CEOs, head of marketing, head of dimension at different SaaS companies that I know. If they write for this company, probably that's like a trustable company that I can also use for. That's an interesting thing that happens over the like last one and a half months, two months. But I think it's a mix. I didn't give it that exact number that you're looking for, but <laughs> I really don't know. Yeah, I just want to back to the start. So you're saying you have a list that you upload to LinkedIn. So are these like from Zoom Info, like cold lists of emails that you're getting? Yeah. Yeah, from a tool like that. And then on top of that, we, like, we sometimes hire a VA, a virtual assistant, to go through that list to see if something is missing or something is off. And then we filter, apply filters on LinkedIn ads on top of that. Got it. So we're uploading the list and then we're, so these people at that stage are completely cold. Yes. But you'll show the ads and then something will happen. I think that this is maybe your tool that will then allow you to see how much they're interacting with the ads. And then you go and have somebody, I guess, in sales connect with them manually on LinkedIn. Is that right? Yes. LinkedIn gives that too. LinkedIn gives impressions and engagement levels, but it doesn't give you like, it gives you an aggregate number, but it doesn't show you like change day by day. We show day by day to see if that affects other clicks. For example, sometimes I see that people click on company page link, but before that, I see that they have been seeing our ads. So probably they clicked on that company page link on that ad and then clicked on company page link from that. So it has an effect on that click. So it's a completely cold audience, and then we target them. We have like three different main campaigns. One of them is testimonials, reviews, such a, one of them is product, and one is creative. Creative is like, I just upload random stuff like memes, random stuff, and it works really well. So for example, on one of them, I have my, I have our CTO's face, and then it says, really, question mark, are you still using Google Analytics Plus HubSpot attribution? So it's like random stuff, but it gets like really high engagement. I test everything. Like I changed my co-founder's face with a dog and a cat and then test it out. So when something is working, I test every single variation of it. And then we have this three main campaigns. And also I have one dynamic ad, which is like updates to the ad based on certain triggers. For example, we have a list of people marketing executives that have changed their jobs recently. So it updates the ad based on that. Or we have Clearbit right now. We upload like Clearbit historic data to LinkedIn and then it changed that those ads based on Clearbit data. Like if you have intense signals, it's like you're checking us out. Here's a like gift card, something like that. But our again to give you numbers, the majority of clicks happens on the product side and then G2 and then those creative ads. But we have, we started out with like very expensive clicks. And I was really, really afraid of that once we started out. It's like three months ago, maybe. And then right now we have 
CPC of eight, seven dollars on the product clicks, which is awesome. On Facebook, it's like four dollars. And it happened because I tested every single variation, every single background color with testimonial, without testimonial, with a face of a human, with a dog face, with a cat face, every single variation of it. And I'm still testing it. Recently, we onboarded a designer and we are going to test more. And then once something is working, I try to create more of it. For example, one creative work really well, which is like a funnel picture. And then I create a video version of it. And I created different videos of it because if people are engaging with a funnel image, they would probably engage with the video as well. All right now, I listened to your podcast with Mikhail. I'm now testing out that as well. So if I post on my social account and it gets traction, I do the same thing on my company page and then um, promote that. I don't have the numbers yet because I haven't testing it for the last two days. But like the key is like if something is working or if something is going to work, I try to create more versions of it on LinkedIn. For sure. Makes sense. Okay, cool. So we're, we're then like connecting with the people on the list that as we're starting to get engagement or impressions, we're going to connect manually. And this is you or other people in sales, right? Yeah, exactly. And then all of you, I assume, are posting organically as well. And so you'll get into the feed, well, the ads, and then your organic posts in theory are going to get into the feed. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Two per day. Two times per day. Two per day. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody in like the sales team, like not everybody in the business, I assume. Yes, that's true. Awesome. And then the next step is so you start to see people then click through to the site potentially sign up to the newsletter. We're going to talk more about that in a second. And it's then, well, check out the live demo and then they'll typically come and book a call with you. Yes. I don't really reach out to people who sign up for the newsletter because it's like they're not interested in the product, so it doesn't make sense to spam them. But if they check out live demo, I reach out to them with a like funny message, funny template. It has a very high conversion rate. It's like 80, 85%. It's like a meme approach. It says basically my spider senses start working and then here's a screenshot of your session on the website with all the clicks all the, like sources in what they did on the website and i send it and i say here's what your session looks like and i can see what you do on the website what happened during your session and do you want me to show you around and then show you like tell you how we can do the same for your own prospects as well that's nice very nice yeah well, this leads nicely then onto the theme of building the media company. My first question on this, well, actually, let's introduce it's the flow. People can go to hockeystackup.com forward slash the flow. So we mentioned this is a media company. How is that different from this just being a blog? Yes. So it's completely non SEO or any other thing optimized. It's only for people. Uh, we publish articles that are like 200 words, 300 words, full of value. I don't optimize that for anything. Right now, it's only like, newsletter, expert articles, podcasts, a sub stack. But in Q1, starting from Q1, I, we will also do like video, video shows, other stuff, similar to like late night shows. We would have B2B versions of them. So it's going to be different. But right now it's not optimized for anything. It's only for humans. It's only for value. If we don't spam anyone in the newsletter, I sent one experiment that I did that week with all the results. So for example, I did two weeks ago, I did an experiment. I changed the background of a G2 ad to like purple and different colors. And it increased the CTRs to like from 0.6% to 1.5% that week. And then I published that on the newsletter. I post, I sent it to them and then I included all the metrics. 
again, like last week, we added a drop down menu, drop down selection, which like, for example, we have like PDB ads library, linked NAS playbook, SEO playbook, et cetera. On all of them, we added a drop down that asks if you want to subscribe to the flow newsletter. And in five days, we got 400 new subscribers. I published that in that newsletter. So it's only like we do all these experiments. I document everything. And then it's like real data, real everything. And that's like the content that no one could find online because it's unique to me because I do it. I do those experiments. I'm going to, as we hire a couple people for marketing, I'm going to branch out to different things as well. So it's not going to be one experiment per week. It's going to be one of my experiments, maybe one of our friends' experiments. For example, John Beck from Cognizum is like head of paid acquisition there. He wrote an article for our newsletter, which is like how they manage all their paid, paid social. So stuff like that, they cannot find online. Similar to your case studies, I used to read every single one of your case studies per week because they were, they were really like insightful that I could not find online. For example, like one of them was Veet, I think. That was the best one. Similar to that, it was so real, not find online. And on Flow, I tried to do the same thing with different content types. Well, yeah, thank you for reading that. I think the point here, and because I don't really know the answer to this question, but I think your answer helped me out, is I think the difference between just having a blog and a media company is that with a media company, all you're trying to do is get attention. You're not trying to like rank for the keyword, like be sneaky about CTAs and stuff. So I think, therefore, the only way you guys are going to judge the success of the flow is going to be attention, whether that's newsletter opens, podcast downloads, web page loads, etc. And then you ideally will see that grow of time as you make more and more valuable content. Is that right? Yes, exactly. Right now I'm seeing the effect of it on our pipeline because I can see what's the percentage of people who subscribe to the newsletter or checked it out before contacting sales or before anything else, before checking out live to my set chat. That's how I'm tracking it right now. Later on, I'm going to probably in like next year, we are going to also track mentions on social platforms as a key indicator. The overall aim, first of all, it's being everywhere. It's our like main strategy here. This is another layer of that being everywhere. Like we are on LinkedIn, we are on Facebook. We are where our audience hangs out with relevant content, relevant ads. And this is another part of that strategy. And second one is like the overall goal of this media department, media company is when a nerd like me tries to like read something about SaaS growth on a Saturday or on a Sunday, the flow should come to their mind first. That's my first and foremost goal for this media department, media company flow. Right now, when I think about it, the first one comes to my mind is ProfitWell. They do a decent job about it. And once something that nobody talks about is when they talk about positioning, it's mostly about like product messaging, etc. But they like brand is another positioning, maybe like, I don't want to call it a hack, but trick that people might choose you because you are educating them. And it's why I have HFs and not SEMrush. SEMrush is better than HFs. There's more features and it's our budget range as well. But I have HFs on an annual contract because their YouTube channel, I learned everything there. I learned everything on HFs YouTube channel. Shout out to HFs who also sponsored the show. Thank you so much for that, man. You actually answered my next question before I even asked it, which is, yes, great to get all this attention on the new media brand, but then how do we track it back? So right now you're basically looking to see where content consumption, if you can track that, happens before a demo. Like, for example, it's probably hard for you to tell if somebody listens to the podcast before they get the demo, or have you worked out a way to do that? 
No, we have like DTM links on the podcast. I can track them with that. But like we have links to them on the Flow's landing page. I can track those. Brings to them, it brings them to the podcast episode. I track those, and then for the other content, I can check them using Archetype because it's they are like on the website, they're on the blog, etc. But as you mentioned, like right now, we're checking how much like that influences our live demo requests, contact demo form submissions, and other type of like intense signals like pricing view, product pages, use cases, etc. Those kind of intense signals. How much of that influence influences those intense signals? And later on, we're going to track like more brand metrics. For sure. Well, Amir, this episode is one of the reasons why I started this podcast. It's similar to the Mikhail episode, is having somebody on who clearly just like absolutely loves marketing slash B2B marketing slash SaaS marketing, and then bringing them on to like just go through all the stuff they've done, what went well and what maybe didn't go so well. And so thank you for being so open and sharing everything or like a significant amount on the SEO strategy, the LinkedIn approach, and also the media company approach. I will link to all of these below, but we'll link to your personal LinkedIn so people can follow you there. We'll link to the flow so people can sign up there. We'll obviously link to the homepage. Anything else we should point people to? No, not really. Maybe our landing page as well. That's all. For sure. We will admit. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. It was really fun. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Amir. All those links will be in the show notes below. I have a review here. Interesting guests and insightful questions equal a great show for B2B marketers. Tom lets his guest shine. Thank you, Yuji Amber, for that review. If you would like a shout out on the show, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Ping me a screenshot, whether that is on LinkedIn or just email it to me at tom at fame.so and I'll get you a shout out in the outro of a future show. Shout out to Hrefs mentioned in this episode. And one of the reasons I think it's super cool why Emir uses Hrefs over this other brand is because the brand, they have added value to him in the form of their YouTube channel. They're also adding value to you right now by sponsoring this show. So if you want free SEO stuff, Google Hrefs Webmaster Schools, go and check that out. Free SEO stuff. Go do that right now. And of course, thank you so much for listening.